Hey friends, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and taking care of yourselves and the people and plants and animals that are important to you. If you're listening to this episode the week it was released, whether you had to work or not, I hope you had a pleasant Labor Day weekend. If you've listened to this podcast before, you may be aware that I live in New England. The July and August months here can be particularly humid and sticky, and we definitely had some hot and uncomfortable weeks this summer. But by September, the weather definitely gets cooler and much less humid, and it's a little bit easier to walk around outside during the day. Uh, In the evenings, after I get done with my regular full-time job, I've been eating dinner, then sitting on the porch reading a book. Uh, I'm reading Charles Portis for the first time. He's the guy who wrote uh, True Grit. I'm reading his novel, Masters of Atlantis. I I picked it up at a a pop-up used book sale at a couple weeks ago at our local library. I wanted to read something funny, and this paperback copy I bought had a blurb on the back from Conan O'Brien praising it for its humor, so I figured I'd give it a shot. If this is your first time listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast, welcome! Uh, My name is Andy Mascola. I'm the host of People Are the Enemy. On this podcast, I'll often talk with creative people who interest me. Sometimes I'll read you a story I wrote. Sometimes I'll do a silly bit. And sometimes I'll just talk. Uh, Sometimes while I'm in the bathtub, believe it or not. There are no ads on this podcast. And there's no Patreon. I would like to make you aware, however, that I am an independently published novelist with eight books currently available in both paperback and ebook editions worldwide via Amazon. And, And if you don't like to use Amazon... You can purchase most of my stories as paperbacks at barnesandnoble.com. My most recent work is titled, Where Are You Now, Randy Dow? It's been available for just over a week. I'm very proud of it. It's a heartwarming tale with a lot of humor. If you go to Amazon, you can read a sample. If you listen to episode 134 of this very podcast, you can hear me read you the first 20 pages. I hope you'll check out my books. And thank you for checking out this episode of my podcast. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 137 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so, so much for checking it out. Uh, It's been over a month since we had a proper guest on the show, so I'm excited to let you know that today we'll be talking with the wonderfully talented cut-and-paste collage artist Nina Theta Black. Uh, Nina has been making her beautiful, eye-catching collages for over 10 years now, but her artwork first came to prominence when it was featured on the cover of the 2013 Brian Jonestown Massacre EP, Fistful of Bees, Food for Clouds. Uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre's frontman Anton Newcomb championed Nina's artwork on Facebook, but, but he is not Nina's only celebrity fan. 
Scott Derrickson, the screenwriter and director of the 2016 film Doctor Strange, is also a notable fan of Nina's. Scott was the first purchase person to purchase an original collage by Nina, a piece titled Joan of Arc. Now, now that collage was later destroyed in a fire that the Derricksons at the Derricksons' home. Uh, Nina's cut-and-paste collages often in, incorporate old album covers, uh, deconstructed photographs, paints, flowers, tissue paper, and a variety of recycled objects. Uh, Nina favors muted, warm, deep colors over bright pastels. The photos incorporated into her work often feature famous people who have faced extraordinary circumstances, people like uh, Patty Hearst and Rasputin. Uh, you can find a generous collection of Nina's work on her Instagram page, which I'll be sure to provide a link to in this episode's description, and I'd like to encourage everyone listening to visit Nina's Instagram profile if you haven't yet. But but right now, I'd, I'd like you to just listen as I talk with the artist Nina Theta Black. So let's talk with Nina right now. Hello, Nina. Are you there? Hi. Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing okay. Thank you so much for making time during this Labor Day weekend to talk with me. Sure thing, my pleasure. Yeah, now, are, are you working a, a regular full-time job uh, right now? I am. As a matter of fact, I just started back at work. Um, I'm a preschool teacher, and I work full-time with three-year-olds, oh. a room full of three-year-olds. Wow. So, um, yeah, kind of a, a busy, hectic time. Is it all uh, remote right now, or are you doing a, a well, no, hybrid kind no, of deal? Actually, we're actually back in person, and everyone's, you know, donning masks and we're, you know, observing a whole n new slew of uh, regulations and things that we're getting, learning day by day, how what works, what doesn't work. But yeah, no, it's entirely different, but it is all on site. And it's been really fun and great for the children because at that age, it's so important. Socializing is one of like the main aspects of, you know, development, human development. So they need that. And it's been wonderful that they can get back to it. Oh, that's been, great. That's great to yeah. hear. It's, it's got to be yeah. tough, especially with, with children so young, you know, uh, teaching them um, social distancing. and. Uh, oh, uh, you know, you know we, don't mess, we don't really do the social distancing as much. It's just really impossible. But that they're wearing masks just really impresses and blows my mind that they're so just, they're flexible. They'll do whatever you ask them to do. It's just the way it is, you know. They don't know anything different. So they just go with, with the rules and um, they've been really, really good about wearing their masks. And I feel like, um, you know, because you can't keep three-year-olds six feet apart, that part is secondary. The masks are our main barrier for, and then sanitizing everything all the time. And washing sure. Hands. Sure. Well, good yeah. for you. I give you all the credit in the world. Thank you for doing what Thanks. you do. Uh, Nina. Thanks. I love it. Yeah, right on. And Nina, you, you're from San Francisco. Are you in San Francisco right now? I am, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. Are you a lifelong Californian? Yep, I sure am. Right on, right on. I, now, I understand you come from a family of artists, but at an early age, you were discouraged from being an artist yourself. Is it true that at the age of three, you were you were mocked by a teacher for the, the way you held a paintbrush? I was, yeah. I was painting very enthusiastically, but I had all the bristles were splatted down onto the page, and I was just going for it, and instead of, you know letting it happen she made a big scene of my goodness you're certainly no artist are you and I don't know how or why but it stuck with me for like I mean well into my 40s my I never goodness. ever even attempted to do anything even you know draw a picture because it was just like I knew well I'm a shit artist so I'm never gonna do that it's and a, uh 
That's yeah. And it kind of it showed also the impact that a person can have on a small child or on anybody, on another person. Just these flippant remarks that you don't even maybe notice that it's having an effect on somebody. Incredible. And it really haunted me for over forty years. That's so. that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, did you did you tell anyone in your family after this incident happened? I don't think so. I don't think so. I was just always just labeled my myself the one who can't do that stuff. My goodness. At, you know, internally. I don't think I ever even brought it up. Wild. Man, oh man. Yeah. Well, Nina, I, I, I'm sorry that happened, but I'm glad that you've you've come through and obviously you're you're a very talented person. And Nina, in your well, you're welcome. In, in your intro I'd mentioned that the Brian Jonestown Massacre frontman Anton Newcomb had praised your artwork and had used it for his band's releases. How did Anton happen to come across your work initially? Well, we were, you know, MySpace buddies way back when. Um, and then it went from MySpace to Facebook, and, you know, we remained friends. Total Internet friends. I mean, I never had met him. And um, one day I put up a piece of artwork. I started getting a little bold and putting some of my work online. And I put up this particular uh, piece of Rasputin, and I got a comment from Anton saying, we should we should work on an album cover together. And I, honest to God, thought I was being punked because it was he's always been one of my biggest heroes, you know, musically and and otherwise, just as a, he's just amazing. And um, I, you know, immediately wrote back and, and we started a, a conversation and started collaborating on some stuff together. So I was lucky to get to um, do a few different things for them, as a matter of fact, so... Very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Now, you, now you've been making your cut-and-paste collages by hand for just over 10 years now. Do you think you living in an age where everyone has a phone with access to photo editing tools has helped bring more attention to your handmade creations? I'm really not sure. I um, I have access to the Internet. All I, That's where I get all my pictures. I just pull stuff so that I'm happy for. But, you know, the digital, all that... Um, kind of high-tech art does absolutely nothing for me so I don't know um, if the you know if other people have the opposite response and really like the the low-fi you know cut and paste I do I mean that's all I can do I just really don't like it when any when I try to doctor mine at all digital di digitally I just feel like it wrecks it so sure sure but, well yeah, yeah you know I can I can Say for sure, your work definitely stands out amidst amidst all this. Yeah, you're right. All this this high tech um, photoshopped uh, 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 pictures. Yeah, it's it's obvious that the the, the lo fi handmade uh, things will absolutely absolutely be more prominent. I, I'd mentioned that the director Scott Derrickson had bought one of your collages, but I'd read prior to that you'd only ever sold prints of your work. Is is that still your policy? I'm getting better. I was for years though. I was I would make stuff. I mean, I just had them piled at home in a big, you know, in a in a room, just taking up nearly a whole room because I was really prolific and just doing it all the time. And um, and yet I was afraid to, just unable to, or whatever, unwilling to part with stuff. I I uh, you know too attached. Um, sure. But Scott kind of opened that door once he did that. I started thinking, you know. It might. It's okay if I can find somebody. I mean, I don't want to just sell it on the corner to, for five bucks to somebody who um, picked up, you know, a hula hoop on the other corner across the way, and just thinks, yeah, this will be cool too. But somebody who really expresses some real, you know, ad admiration or love for it, and I, I, I'm really ready at this time, you know, 
of my life to just hand it over as long as it's going to somebody that I feel appreciates it as much as I do and that and that's what Scott did he for me because I knew he loved it just as much as I did so it was like it's keeping it in the family or at least in the you know is keeping it with somebody who loves it basically I, I have to imagine especially after <clears throat> the incident that I'd mentioned in which their home burned down and your work was lost in that it had to make you somewhat trepidatious you know where you where you had kind of um, it did yeah it did he I mean, I felt, Good. my God, the family lost everything, you know, I mean, the, the house burnt to the ground. And I remember this is another. First of all, I asked him a certain I didn't know what to charge him. And I asked him a certain amount. And he came back with a, a higher amount to pay me. This is the kind of person he is. And so and then the other example of what kind of a person it is about a week later, they're still picking through, you know, ash and rubble in their in their yard trying to find salvage things that made it and he wrote me to say I'm so sorry that that happened and I was like are you kidding I mean I wasn't that did not make me nervous or anything I felt in fact like I said I have said before that sort of a, po a poetic beauty to the fact that you know poor Joan but she perished again in fire yes um, but it did kind of you know, come full circle and make a little sense to me. So I was fine with it. Um, you know, sad for that we lost it, but I also made instantly made um, Scott a, a print uh, stretched on canvas, a nice one that he could hang somewhere in his house. So he has it. Thank you know. Thankfully, I have all high res images of everything that I that I make, so that I can actually do prints. If if people can't afford the actual uh, original art, I do make prints. Very good, very good. Yeah. Now, now, looking at your work, Nina, uh, via Instagram, it's it's sometimes hard to get a sense of the actual size of your collages. And, and, and are most about the size of an LP? Yes, just about exactly. I've got, yeah, because I got so used to I did for like eight or nine years just on albums. And, um, and they were so flimsy and delicate, and they're really, you know, um, fragile, and which is great and fine, but if I would spill anything on it or put too much glue on it they would you know have tendency to really get too uh flimsy and sometimes fall apart and that would break me when that would happen um so i started working on wood panels that are you know the same size roughly that i think they're 12 by 12 and um you know then my my whole i don't know the whole what do you call it, visual, the whole aesthetic kind of changed because I could throw paint on, scrape paint off, um, rip pictures. To It sort of became a lot more messy and just more deconstructed. And, and whereas before I was looking for pure beauty and I wanted everything to be pristine and perfect, I found that, you know, working in this other, with this uh, wood, you were a lot freer to just, you know, funk stuff up and, and go over it start again you can do that stuff with you know you can't do that on cardboard so it was a whole lot uh just it's opened up a lot for me and i feel like my art sort of took a turn at that point and i don't know if, if you know i'm loving it right now i'm always trying to evolve and finding that things that i did you know maybe a couple months ago or i'm moving past that and trying to do something else now but um but that's the general, the general sense. I've been doing a lot more painting and adding my own paint, but then I scrape it off and try to, the distressed look is really kind of attractive to me. And so I try to mimic, like when you see a wall that has graffiti on it and it's been post after post after post has been like partly ripped off and then painted over. And I kind of really dig that look. And so I've been, 
been, you know, experimenting with trying to recreate stuff, you know, sort of similar to that. Lately. Very cool. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job with that. It absolutely has that look of um, sort of, like you said, like the pasted on... Um, like advertisements for bands and whatnot and that have, you know, that yeah. are pasted over and over and over again. It's very cool what you've been able to reproduce uh, through your work. Uh, on, on social media, Nina, you've, you've been a big proponent of the importance of making art. I love it when you put something out there like, the world's a mess, make art, you know. Uh, during this unprecedented time that we're all living through with this pandemic and the restrictions we've had to adhere to have you found it easier or more difficult to be inspired in order to create these wonderful collages that you make it's uh, i feel like it's the only escape that you know which is why i always push make art because in this hell that we're all living in honest to god if you could put your brain in this place because myself during day and like my you know day to day how i operate I don't use that side of my brain or that part of my, you know, brain at all. So if you could tap out of whatever's going on around and in the world and all that and just start messing about with paint or with collaging or, I don't know, photography, anything that isn't concentrating on what hell we're in, I think it's inspiring. So I don't, I don't think I'm finding inspiration in the in the horrible times we're going through, but I think I'm finding inspiration in tapping out of that for a minute by using this part of my brain that totally brings me to a new place and a new happy, better place where, I mean, I could just start something, not even have any intent of what it's going to become. Maybe nothing, maybe something great that I love, but it takes me somewhere and all of a sudden I look at the clock and it's like five hours later, that kind of thing, which I don't have that in any other aspect of my life where you just get lost. And, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, it's, you know, I'm starving and it's five hours later. <laughs> um, but it took you away from that, you know, that obsessive I've, I've started to pull away from the news and from all that, that social media is, you know, as, as great as it is, and I've met some really wonderful people on it, and, it, and it's really good for, like, this promotion of art and, and music and all that stuff. It's deadly when you come to, when you get down the, you know, the Trump and the and all those really hateful people, rabbit hole stuff. It, it's, it can be really disconcerting and depressing. So I've kind of tried to pull myself away from it recently, and, um, and that seems to be helping a little bit, too. Good for you. Excellent, excellent. Also, spending days with little children who are perfect and un uncorrupt and just willing to, to, every new thing that I offer them is, you know, a joy and a, a pleasure, and they just go full in with, you know, all great hopes for success. They have no idea, you know, what's going on out there. They're just wearing their little masks because they were asked to. And they're, I'm at an art-based preschool, so most of it is like self-expression and art, dance, music, and all that. So they're just, I mean, you know, so it's fun to also immerse myself in those in their day, and that kind of rubs off on me as well. For sure, yeah, that's a that that's definitely an enviable enviable position that you're in there. In that sense, I think really I, I, I think about it a lot. I think a lot, about, you know, because I'll. I'll go down the rabbit hole with the horrors of, of the 24-hour news cycle and whatnot, and and just like you said, you know, it's, it'll quickly make, make, make me miserable. And I often think, like, if I had a small child that I had to pay attention to right now, I wouldn't be bothered with any of this. And I, I, think, gotcha. about, I think about people with young children or, or, again, folks like yourself 
who are you know um, responsible with the care of young a uh, young child and how fulfilling that must be and also it it's not it's a nice distraction from from the obvious you know, that we're exactly. that we're all dealing with so good for you right. I'm glad you have that have yeah, you I am sure. thank you you're welcome have you have you had your work shown in any galleries at all Nina I have had a couple shows um, here in San Francisco I've I've only had two and at that time I was only willing to sell prints so I was um, and I it was they were kind of successful little selling things it was mostly just to get out there and get the exposure. Um, oh, I think I've had three here in San Francisco. I had the, there was a Tweet Me Up, I don't know, it was a, a project by Tracy Moberly, a, a artist in, in the UK, and she did one called Tweet Me Up, and I don't remember all the details about it, but she did invite me along, and so um, online I sent her some images, I believe it was four, three or four images, and those were actually projected at one point in the tanks at Tate, Tate Modern Museum, I wasn't there to see him, but a friend of mine actually like stumbled into the museum and called me immediately and took some pictures and said, oh my God, I walked in here and your art is all over the walls. And there was a panel talking about it and that kind of thing. And then through See, see Me, another, it's a contest kind of thing where they give artists the chance to just expose their art and um, sometimes win some money or get, you know, a, a chance to further you know, get some supplies with all this money or whatever, but it's also fun just to get the exposure. So I would, I would, um, what do you call it? I would enter those a lot. And at one point, um, also digitally, um, uh, some of my artwork was shown in France at the Louvre. And so that's kind of incredible. That is of course incredible. I wasn't there. Of course I wasn't there either. So my art's been all around the world, <laughs> a lot more than I have. Um, and then a friend of mine who owns a gallery in Montreal, um, took my uh, 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 several pieces to New York and, and did like a street. There's a, a annual um, art thing, and he he invited me along. So while I couldn't go because I was working, my art took a trip to New York and and was shown there as well. So wow. just a handful of times, um, but kind of exciting. I'm hoping to do more of that. I mean, it's just the job, and especially now with all what's going on, it's sort of like, oh, sure, that's going to happen. But one of these days, that's, you know, the goal for sure. I'd love to travel around and and find some um, some some more people who are interested to show for me, and, and that would be fun to do. Take awesome. some time out, go travel. Very cool, very cool. Nina, I just had one other question for you, if you don't mind. Is, sure. is, is there a dream project for you, Nina? A, a, a particular artist, perhaps, that you'd love to one day collaborate with, or maybe there's a favorite musician who's inspired your work, who you'd love to have your artwork featured on their album uh, cover. Is it oh my god, oh yeah, there's lots. I mean, tons. But right now, um, you know, since my dad passed away, well, since my dad was sick um, and had a long, long sick illness, and now passed away, I got very, very enveloped in Mark Lanigan's music, and um, sort of, you know, it's probably. You know, he's probably heard this a million zillion times, but it really had it was the shining light in our life. My dad's as well. He's you know ninety three years old, full on dementia, but he loved hearing that music, and so did I. So that's been important to me, and I haven't gotten out of that habit. I'm just I have you know. Luckily, he has four thousand very amazing solo records that you know each one better than the last. So there's a slew of material that I can listen to all the time. But yeah, nowadays I've been playing that while I've been working and it's very inspiring. Um, if I could ever, ever, 
do any. I don't think my style suits him at all. I wouldn't say, I mean, looking at his other artwork and what, but it doesn't even matter. It's like his music it, on its own has been, you know, way inspirational for me just to keep working on what I'm doing. So Very good. But that would be fun if Absolutely. he ever did notice it and say, that would be cool to have on my cover. I would probably, you know, die happy. Very cool. Very cool. Nina, thank you so, so much for taking time to talk with me today. This has been sure. so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. This has been episode 137 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Nina Theta Black. We love you. Peace. Thank you. Take care.